Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry, and this is our podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics, and please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. I just figured I would uh, start whenever I wanted. Well, I know that you already started, yeah, so. Yeah, you can hear me click. I hear. I heard the click. Come on, man. Come on. It, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> that's just like <laughs> your opinion, man. So we've got some new intro music that we've played for two episodes now. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about that? It's going to be, what What would you call it, like uh, ever-present? Uh, ever yeah <laughs> evergreen yeah. evergreen forever in that's our the permanent beginning. intro music and we also are going to have a permanent outro music much to your listeners chagrins who like the uh revolving 80s yeah. 90s tv we theme like song it a music. lot too but it's like our favorite part it is it's so fun figuring out what we're going to play at the end and then we reminisce and we laugh. never got to use three's company yeah, we did. I thought we did no, use three. No, we, we tried to use it twice. Oh, we took it off. We took it off, and then we switched to something else. We never got to use it, and now we're never going to use so, it. So now, wait a minute. Now, Chris pointed this out to me, but if you listen to the lyrics on Three's Company, come and knock on my door. <laughs> yeah. Besides that part, it's like I've been waiting for you. Yeah. There's another part. Keep going. Where the kisses are yeah, hers and, and hers and his. Yeah. Three's company too. The kisses are hers and hers and his. So what are they saying there? Yeah. Like, are they all kissing on each other? Yeah. No, there's... Whew, that's not family friendly. <laughs> there's some stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. That, for sure. In that apartment. What was... Uh, Summers. Something Summers. Was it Was it Suzanne Summers? Suzanne yeah. Summers. Yeah. The uh, thigh master chick. Yeah. Suzanne Summers. And wasn't she in uh, Step by Step? She was. She was the mom, wasn't she? Yeah, she was the mom. Yep. Who was the old guy? Uh, Ralph? Mr. Furley? Is it Furley? It starts with an F. Yeah, I think it was Mr. Furley. What you... do you think Mr. Furley thought about the whole situation? You know, I think he was kind of a perv. <laughs> and he didn't mind it. Well, in any case, we he didn't get keys. to use it. He had keys all over the place because he could come in any door he wanted. Yeah. So you never know what he was doing. I don't know. but <clears throat> So anyway, we're not using the theme songs anymore. No. Why, you ask? Because we don't own them. Oh, well, we'll tell you. Because they'll sue us. <laughs> they will sue us until we're in the poorhouse. Until I'm dead. They literally will send out like a cease and desist, send people to your house. I... I ain't got time for that, you know? So finally I was just like, I talked to my lawyers, or snarf snarf talk lawyers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we have a lawyer and retainer. Of course. Mm-hmm. Because we've got a bit of a following, Chris, like hundreds of thousands of people now. Yeah, yeah. we got to keep a lawyer ever-present. Isn't that, didn't I already, is that the second time we just said ever present in the first four minutes? Evergreen? I don't know. (laughs) 
No, but seriously, like we just don't want to be in trouble for that. Plus, never if we're going to start now that we have our brand new YouTube channel, which yeah. um, I don't know what the URL is yet. No, we don't have one yet, right? Yeah, well, we have one. It's just a long string of random letters because you need to have X amount of subscribers before they'll. Isn't give it you only a URL. like ten? Guys, hundred. Oh well, even so, a hundred. Come on, guys. Just start subscribing. To we have Talk more than 100 YouTube. listeners, so everybody listening. For sure. You just subscribe to our page, and it'll be in the description for the show. There will be a link to our YouTube page. So just go there, hit subscribe. And all it is is going to be our audio podcast transcribed and put on YouTube. As a video of the, the what's it called? The, the waveform. Wave waveform, yeah. But... I don't know. There's a lot of people that use YouTube that don't use podcast apps, so we figured we'd put it on there. Like I said, if we can get 100 users, then we'll be YouTube.com slash Snarf Comics. That would be the ideal situation. Correct. So let's do that. And I'm excited for that. So it's just a, a secondary way of you guys listening to it, and we're on Stitcher now, too. Yeah, we are. If anybody likes Stitcher or prefers to use Stitcher and has a been Ian, able that's to, for you. You're always having problems listening to the podcast. Yeah, get on Stitcher. Stitcher. But it's, we're... We're on Spotify, though, too. So We are on Spotify. And now we're on TuneIn. Yeah, TuneIn Radio. Yep. TuneIn and something else. So, yeah, we're all over the place. You mm-hmm. can't avoid it. No, you're never getting away from us. So, anyway, the new theme music, um, I actually wrote and directed that and then played it on a MIDI keyboard. <laughs> like that cat. Yeah. <laughs> the little cat. Like that the keyboard cat. I just held Chris's paws yeah. and, held, and made him play the He keyboard. actually tied little strings around my hands <laughs> and then just popped up and down. I wish there was a video of something like that. <laughs> that would be good. Um, no, in fact, we did not do that. But no. we did purchase the rights to that music, so it is now ours. We own it. Don't steal it. Yeah. Because then our retainer lawyer will be coming to your house. Yeah, and we have very limited rights on that music anyway. Yeah. We can't have more than 10 million listeners. Uh, We're good up to 10 million. So we got to get new stuff till what? Next Thursday? Yeah. Something like that? So, Jerry, what do you think wow. about last week's? Last week was awesome. That was something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've, I've, I, I wouldn't say like I've creeped on Jason Inman much but i've followed him for a long time i heard him like i said in the podcast i've heard him on a different podcast he immediately caught my attention and a simple tweet will get you an interview yeah let you talk to the guy so we did if you haven't listened back to our last episode um we did a skype interview which you wouldn't even know we're on skype the audio is so the audio was really really good i was that was the one thing i was worried about because i've heard so many interviews where Skype audio just is not not the greatest, you know. But we did an interview with him. He's a comic book creator, writer. Um, he's also a novelist, so he's writing a yep. prose book right now. Podcaster. He's a podcaster, very popular podcast, Geek History Lesson. Um, he's been on some TV shows. He was on DC All Access. He was the host he was of the DC host. All Access. Was that on TV? Where was that at? I'm not 100% sure. You can find some of them on YouTube. I've seen them on YouTube. Yeah. But, I'm assuming um, they were on the DC streaming the, app, or yeah, I, I'm not, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I can't say, but look at it. I mean, all you got to do is literally Google DC All Access, and you'll find it. Uh, but he is no longer on that show as of March of 2018. But uh, yeah, he's got his own podcast. He works on a TV show called The Code, which comes out April 9th, I believe. Um, That's on CBS, right? Yes, 
and uh, he's got a lot of things going for him. It's the the podcast part is what I would tell you guys. If you guys are into comic books at all, we keep saying the same thing. I know, but it's awesome. Or like comic you can books, really, really movies, get into this stuff. Um, it's just not. It's not all only just comic books because they do episodes on Harry Potter. I know they do one on yeah. Star Trek. And yep. Other he loves like Star Trek. They're big Star Trek fans, but. You can just learn so much stuff. Like if you are new to it and you want to learn more about these things, you can just kind of thumb through the catalog of episodes and find something that catches your attention. And they're going to give you an hour's worth of knowledge on, on that subject. It's really cool. Yeah. So check it out. He's a, a small town guy from the Midwest, from Kansas. Yep. And uh, yeah, he's just a really cool guy in general. So it was really fun to do. Hopefully we could do quite a few more of those i know that we last time we were at um the comic-con in madison yeah we had asked a bunch of people if they would be on the podcast yeah and every single person was like yeah absolutely i know i just think we need to follow up with that and reach out to them um send them some information see what they say i think we'll try and do maybe like one a month yeah i think that's pretty solid i know we uh we should have another one coming up in the future i know yeah, at the end of March, yep. we're going to be doing one with a, an author of a science fiction novel trilogy. Yes, trilogy. I was going to say two of them, but there's a, definitely a trilogy. We also had a guy um, send in uh, a comic book creator Yep, that sent in his comic book for us to review. We're still reading that. Jerry just started reading it. I've read the, a little bit, but we're not going to review it. He sent us it. two, right? Yeah, two. Two, two issues. Uh, issues. Okay, so, so we're I... not going to review it fully till we read the whole thing, but um, it's really cool, interesting. It's called um, it's, what's it called? Invasion. It's, of... a, it's a really neat concept. Like it's a concept that I've never really heard of before. Um, invasion of Planet WrestleTopia or something. Yes, Invasion of Planet WrestleTopia. Yeah. So clearly into the if you're into like the. I would say like the heyday of the WWF. It is. It's like 90s, early 90s WWF right. wrestling. Um, because already I've the couple scenes I've read, there's one guy that says brother all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. It just was a couple times, but I was like, it did bring me back because I watched wrestling when I was... I was going to ask you that. Yeah. How, were you a wrestling fan? You seem like you would be. I was in grade school and like in early 90s, like when... Uh, Hulk Hogan was still around and Macho Man Randy Savage. But even later than that, when there was like Kane and Mankind and Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold, Goldberg. Uh, And then there was WCW too that I think Goldberg switched over to WCW for a little while and came back. And then Sting. Sting was like a guy. Like the, the musician? Not the musician Sting. That's always confused me. I always thought it was a musician Sting that was dressing up and wrestling. Oh, no, not if you have you seen Sting? No. You've never seen like the man, the the singer. Sting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you've but you've never seen the like, wrestler Sting? Tantric Sting? What? <laughs> He's in the tantric. Like t- oh yes. <laughs> I now I know what you're talking about. There was also an early nineties uh band called Tantric or early two thousands. Oh yeah, okay. Tantric. Remember that? Um, yeah, remember the bare naked lady said a song that um, that one of the lines was like Sting I'm Tantric, like Sting I'm Guaranteed to Satisfy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Kurosawa and McMahon films. And they say Mazan. They do? Yeah, and that. Or no. they say Mazan. For what? Dalla Mazan. 
Oh, I don't or know. Or down in Maison, something like that. I don't think that. They do. Projecting. We're talking about Maison, Illinois, 100%. <laughs> it's proven, Chris. I'll have you talk to my lawyer. So back to the wrestling. I um, never was into wrestling. I never really got into the whole wrestling thing. I got into it for a little while. I mean, I remember when I was little, little, like the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, was big. I tell you what, one of the greatest podcasts of all time oh. is Joe Rogan and Jake the Snake. That's really good. Jake the Snake was a, a wrestler in the 80s and very early 90s. In those Ultimate Warrior times. Yeah, Ultimate yeah. Warrior and uh, Diamond Dallas Page. and Go listen to that podcast. Andre it's the phenomenal. Giant. He, it is. It is the single best podcast episode I think I've ever listened to. Um, No. There's a really good one. I take that back. It isn't because there's two with Paul Dini on Fat Man on Batman that okay. are probably my favorite. Well, and there's also, I'll throw one out for you too. There's one on Joe Rogan. Uh, it's fairly early on. It's Paul Stamets. I would have never. I haven't listened to anything early on. And he's a, it's not super early on, but he's a mycologist. So he's a mushroom scientist. Okay. Oh, um, it's the best podcast. Sounds like a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to use it. I've never been able to use that. Um, That's so awesome. He is a fun guy, and he's a, a real interesting character. Huh. It was a very, very good episode. I'm he overly about, pleased about that joke that I just pulled off. It was good. Thank you very much for that. He talks about, um, so, first of all, like the fungi, fungi, mm-hmm. whatever, fungi, fungi, right? It's fungi. It is fungi, yes. Communities, they're so like vast. We don't know how big they are, these underground colonies. Um, they're closer to animals than they are plants, right, first off. Really? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like he, he talks about, and it's really interesting. I, I hate paraphrasing because he does such a better job of it. He thinks that they, that the fungi collectively might actually have consciousness. Really? And be able to communicate and you know think almost and take uh, like take over the world at a human level like that no kind of consciousness way. yeah it's very interesting you had to listen to it i can be- i can believe that there is some like a communication system between them for sure um but not a human consciousness we need to both go back and re-listen to the episode and i'd love to have a lengthy discussion about mushrooms Boy, that sounds just fascinating. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's awesome. It's my number one single, like, worst food item. I really? Never eat, I never eat mushrooms. I don't like them. Like a portobello? No. Shiitake? No, thank you. A morel? I will eat a morel. Yeah, you would. Morel. I would. And I do like finding them. What about the puffballs? Or not puffballs. Uh, Button mushrooms? Sheep heads? Oh, no. Not a sheep. Too dirty, man. too gritty. It's just yeah, they taste like dirt. It's the puffball one, which is the big ball, they, right? That you and, slice. Yeah, and they grow on oak trees. Is that where they grow? The base of oak trees. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, can find them all over. Paul Stamets, Joe Rogan, uh, Jake the Snake, Joe Rogan, both very good. Yeah, they that was awesome. But anyway, that went on a little bit of a tangent from us reviewing a wrestling. Oh, you know what? I just remembered another thing. There is a group of guys that I went to high school with. They're a little older than me. That started a wrestling. They did wrestling. They had a ring. Yeah, and they like went around and did wrestling. And one of our friends um, was like, who was younger than me, 
a little older than you mm-hmm. was uh, Ted. You remember Ted? Oh, yeah. He was like the referee. Yeah, I remember this. He used to wear that referee. Yeah, they, I used to, I used to go time. to their matches. They went, they played, they set up a ring like during Cornfest. I don't remember that, but I remember him going around setting up a ring. I don't yeah. remember who was all involved, but that's kind of fun. I when I worked at the grain elevator, um, there was a guy that uh, worked for Kankakee Grain Inspection. Yeah, and he was a wrestler. In his spare time, or like as a secondary job, I'm telling you, man, that's a whole world of like I never really got into, but it's like there's a whole world of for sure nerd wrestler nerd people that are like super into it. Right? He called himself uh, Mister Electric. That's not a bad name. Yeah, he and he had like he was like super blonde, but uh, he was a big guy. I mean, it's a little it's a big guy on the nose. I mean, it's a little not super creative, but I mean. He was electric. I mean, how creative is Superman? Right. Exactly. Batman. Here's, okay, here's a little bit of a tangent I'm going to get into because I listened to it on um, on Geek History Lesson, actually, just this morning. But Shout out, Jason. I know you listen now. So. Right. Thank you for all of my thoughts, basically, <laughs> that I just regurgitate out on this show. But they were talking about, the whole episode was about Doom Patrol. So Doom Patrol, DC, oh yeah, I saw they did one. I didn't listen to it. DC yet. stuff, and it. What I didn't know. So there's always been this argument about D, about uh, Doom Patrol and X Men, right? And how closely related they are, and who copied off of who. Well, turns out Doom Patrol came out like four months prior to X Men. No way. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Really, true. came out four months prior to X Men. And, I mean, if you look at what is going on in these comic books, there is a man that's wheelchair-bound, like this eccentric, creepy guy, kind of, that's wheelchair-bound. That runs everything. That runs everything and basically has these mutant or other-than-human people um, and has them, like, fight crime or do things. You know, they're just... they're extraordinary people right uh and then like four months later x-men comes out on marvel and it's basically the exact same thing just tweaked a little bit now not taking anything away from marvel they did it better oh yeah doom patrol never took off no and even at its highest when it took off with grant morrison a little bit oh it was nothing it it was still nothing in comparison to what x-men has so i think chris claremont um run it would that be in the 80s right of x-men or yes 80s 90s yeah that's when it really like i mean that was selling millions and millions and millions of copies and so you know i I get it. You shouldn't steal. I mean, and then look at look at like Darkseid and Thanos. Like Thanos is a complete ripoff of Darkseid. Darkseid came way before that. There's Deadpool like Deadpool and Deathstroke. Yes, Deadpool and Deathstroke. Slade Wilson and uh, Wade Wilson. <laughs> and then there's like uh, Nick Fury and Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock came out in DC way before Nick Fury ever came out. Uh, Nick Fury's just the one guy that people could talk about now. Like everybody knows who Nick Fury is because of the movies. It sounds you know, a lot better than Sergeant Rock. It does. I, it reminds I agree, me of that. But they're uh, the exact same characters. Now, I'm like again, I'm not taking anything away from Marvel. I understand that you. I mean, people rip off same stories all the time. So, like all, you, like you had 
we talked about a lot about like Avatar and uh, Dances, Dances with, with Wolves. Wolves. And I mean, there's just apparently the Great Gatsby and Fight Club are Fight Club's like a ripoff of the Great I mean, Gatsby. The Lion King is Macbeth. Yeah. Or Lion wait, King is, is Hamlet. Uh, Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. Sorry. But it's, it's all it, it the core level. You go back and it's all derivative of Shakespeare. In oh, one oh, way or of another, course. right? And then there's a whole thing about Shakespeare where they don't even think that he wrote most of those things. Isn't that? Have you ever yeah, heard that? The, he there was like a uh, it was like a pen name or a, a ghostwriter. Well, there's lots of theories. I think the one more recently that I've heard was like maybe he published or produced or would like buy people's stories. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yep, like what we're doing with Snarf Productions. Right, that's the ultimate plan, <laughs> and I'm 100% in the bag. You know, that. and a thousand years later, everybody would be like, hey, Chris right. and Jerry, they, they... Have you read Have you read Snarf, Snarf Productions? Have you uh, read the new comic of uh, Mr. <laughs> Electric? Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. But the again, Electric Man? So what I was getting at is, like, I, I don't blame Marvel for taking anything, because at the time... You know, let's say, well, you know, Batman comes out and they're saying, we need a Batman. We need to get somebody like Batman or we need to get somebody like Superman. We need to get this. But and vice versa, like they just both do that. And I don't blame anybody for doing that because it's things that we absolutely love and we would never have it if they didn't do that. Did Marvel ever so, really do a Batman? Though? And why take why take a why not take something and make it better? Like make it your own and they change it a little bit or right. a lot of bit and they make the story better in, in most instant instances. So I think it's great. I yeah. mean, that's what we're, everybody has tropes. It just was the beginning of those tropes in a lot of this stuff. And I mean, know, now folks, we have, we wrote an entire DC first comic book issue mm-hmm. had it started to draw before we even knew that there was a show called Man in the High Castle, which yeah. is essentially like this on same Amazon. Thing. Remember when we stumbled on that? <laughs> we were depressed. Nate is the one who told me about it. My buddy Nate, he's the one who said, "Hey, have you ever watched Man in the High Castle?" I said, "No, what's that?" He's like, "Oh, it's basically your comic book you've written that's on Amazon." I said, "What?" Yeah, based on the 1970s novel. Yeah, it turns out, <laughs> and we literally had no idea. And my biggest worry in doing a lot of this stuff is like copying a previous. I mean, uh, ours was story, enough different but, than that. Right. It's enough different that it doesn't really make that big of a deal. But anyway, they were talking about that on um, geek history lesson about the similarities between. And she asked Jason, she's like, so do you believe that uh, Stanley and Marvel knew what they were doing at the time? And he's like, Yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, of course. And it's been proven, actually, that Stan Lee had, like, spies in the D.C. office. And there were artists that... So at the time, you could, if you worked for D.C., you could only work for D.C. and nobody else. But what they started doing is working for Marvel and D.C. under different names. Oh. And just telling them different names. So they could work for both. And Jack Kirby worked for D.C., and there was a guy that worked at DC with Jack Kirby that just legitimately took pages that he was drawing and came back and gave them to Stan. And that's proven. Like, here's what your buddy's doing. So just <laughs> to let you know. You know, and not, not taking anything away from him. Like I said, at that time, you did what you had to do. And look at the properties we got now. Well, you know, I, look look at all the content you got those from Those guys that. weren't swimming in it, man. No, no. There Actually, was... most of them 
I mean, that's what the whole like that isn't called the hero initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, is that the different thing? No. What's the one where they give money to the comic book creators, like the old, to get their rights back and stuff? Um, I think it's the hero. I think initiative. you're right. Anyway, I, I'm not sure what those guys. A lot of them, you know, ended up penniless. Yeah, most of them. The majority they didn't get anything out of that. Right. But I just think it was wild that that I didn't know. Not very many people know Doom Patrol, but then you see something that came out of Doom Patrol, like X Men. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, um, I don't know where that started. No, I don't know. That's fine though. I've got some. Uh, I got some news. All right. You ever? Uh, you you got anything? Any news you want to talk about? No. First Not thing really. I want to talk about is just gonna get this out of the way because we've talked about it before. But I wanna I wanna lay this I wanna lay this to rest. Jared Leto's Joker movie scrapped. I thought that was already completely gone. Nope, it wasn't. Apparently, they just officially scrapped it as of like last week. Well, thank the Lord. Yes, thank the Lord. And actually, no. Why am I saying that? I mean, I'll take as many Joker movies as I can get. They also um, they had planned on doing another Suicide Squad movie, uh, but. Margot Robbie and the Harley Quinn character will not be in it or associated with it at all. Because they're doing a, a Birds of Prey movie. Yes, because they're doing a Birds of Prey. And are they doing? A, they're doing and a Harley Quinn TV show on DC Channel, I but I don't know, know if it's live action. It might be a cartoon. Yeah, I don't know if it's live action or if Margot Robbie's attached to that. But I know she's doing the Birds of Prey. But she is definitely. She's came out and said she is definitely not doing another Suicide Squad. Well, that's fine. She just need to. Completely fine with that. I she, think her character that needs char- to go on different different. That path. character is so popular right now; they'd be fools to not capitalize off of it. Sure, I mean it's amazing that that character basically came out of nowhere. For, yeah, I, I mean, mean it was big. Her character kind of was big originally when it first came out with the Batman animated series. Yes, in and the it 90s, kind of blew up after that. I wouldn't even but, say it was big necessarily. Well, it, it was it, big it was as a side character. Yeah, but it was big at the time because it was a brand new created character only in an animated series and then got its own comic book stuff. Right. After that. When do you um, think when, when was the breakout though of that character? Was it that movie? Like to the mainstream. Um, Suicide Squad of Harley Quinn? Yeah. To the mainstream, I mean, I don't think anybody knew that character. I mean, we did, obviously. Right. I guess I don't know because I, I've just always known her. Maybe the Arkham games? I didn't know for the longest time that the only place she was at was the animated series. Oh, yeah. I knew that. I just thought I hadn't stumbled upon her in the comic books yet. Uh, But, yeah, I, she was created it just at the, on the show, which well, was amazing. But... I don't know when the when she would have been mainstream. I guess it would have been that movie, um, but I I f- I don't know. I find that hard to believe because it's just so new. Right. Well, anyway, it's a great character. Yeah, it's incredible. My daughter's middle name is named after, especially if you Harley Quinn. So, especially if you keep the Joker around. I mean, that dynamic is really cool. Well, it I don't can know. be really cool. I don't know how they're gonna do that though because. I don't know what they're doing with Joker. So they got this Joaquin Phoenix thing going on, right? But is that in a separate universe or is that connected? I have no idea yet. I don't know. 
they don't Harley Quinn doesn't need the Joker now. No, no. I just think it could be if it's done correctly, it could be a really, really but cool. Let dynamic. me tell you, just like because I think she was great in um, uh, what was it? Zero Year or no Death of the Family? I don't remember, but she. You know the where Scott she's Snyder great? Run, you know, is Batman White Knight. Oh really? Yeah, you need to check that. I do out. need to check. I just that out. ordered Mad Love, which is um, you have um, White Knight, right? That you, and you finished it. I'm not done with it yet. Oh, what the hell have you been doing? Uh, I don't know. Did you forget how to read? <laughs> I just ordered Mad Love though, which was like the quintessential introductory comic book. Yep. For it's, it's probably not the first, but it's well known. It was from the '90s. It was actually made by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. And that that's the one that Kevin Smith talks about all the time, and he it's, gave it to yeah. his wife. It's a great introductory book for, you know, anybody, any, especially women that are interested in wanting a female character that they can. Yeah, I'd be interested to read that. I've never read it. I've known about it, but I have never read it. That would be a fun read, I think. So anyway, uh, she's she's going to be around still. Jared Leto, no more. See thank, ya. Thank you. Thank you for not doing that jared me and jared are on a first name basis i just am not i'm not like i I didn't really like him in anything yeah dallas buyers club he was good in that yeah but he wasn't the best one in that no he was but he's a good actor i know he's been in a bunch more stuff but i can never remember what they are i don't know he's like besides fight club and dallas buyers club he's like in a band uh so my my buddy that I like to rag on a little bit because I never agree with him, but I still think his opinion is valid. Mark Bernardin. Mark Bernardin. All right. He, he just won a Writers Guild Award. Oh, I heard that. Yep. For, for Castle Rock? Yeah, for his episode of Castle Rock. Yeah, so <clears throat> if you don't know Mark Bernardin, he's on Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. It's on their great podcast. Um, he is a writer. Um, he was a journalist and now he's been a writer yeah, yeah. and he the, got and tapped editor, big time editor to come in and write on now he, he wrote on the overarching story or wrote particular episodes. He or wrote, uh, episode six was his episode okay. that he specifically wrote, but obviously was still in the writer's room for all the rest okay. of them. You know, he helped plan out all the rest of them, but each writer in the writer's room got a specific episode. So I have not watched Castle Rock yet. I've heard really good things. Is that that only on Hulu? I don't know where it is. Hulu. It's on, it's on Hulu, and we just got rid of Hulu. So, um, I just got it back. You so. did get it back. Yeah. The last episode you got, you were it was gone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, when you announced those the new DC shows, I'm like, or, oh uh, yeah, they're not but DC, they're not out. The new Marvel shows. Yeah, but they're not out yet. Yeah, they're, I just I got it yeah. back in preparation. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um. What was I saying? Um, anyway, Castle, Castle Rock, Rock is based on the Stephen King universe. It's all Stephen King universe. So they're bringing in Cujo. They're bringing in The Shining. They're bringing in uh, what else? Is there children? Pennywise? Yeah, Pennywise. A uh, bunch of stuff. I don't know. Um, I was just reading a Stephen King book. It's a trilogy. It's called Mr. Mercedes. I'm not. I've heard. I think I've heard of that. It's not real. Hor- it's not horror. Like he. Used. Not all of them are. No, and it's not like anything he's ever really written. It's it's a little bit different. It's more thriller, okay. I guess, and like detective story than it is uh, anything horror. 
it's it's not at all really. But that first book, Mister Mercedes, I just I started the second one over Harvest, but I finished the first one over Harvest, and I plowed through it really fast because it's good. Really, I like it because it it you know who the killer is like right away. You know who Mister Mercedes is. You know who the detective is, obviously. And spoilers. And now yeah. I know Mister Mercedes is the killer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. No. Can you guess what he drove? A BMW. Oh, close. Oh. Mercedes. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's a hard one. But uh, I like it because you you know exactly what each character is doing. Like, in retrospect of where they're at. Like, in the city and how their lives work and how their lives are connected and who connects who to what. You already know all of this. You're just waiting for them to figure these pieces out. And it's fun. It was a really fun read because you like get excited when things get close. But Stephen King has a way of writing that uh, I can't makes say that I've excited. read a lot of Stephen King. I, I have. I've, I haven't. I've read The Shining. I haven't. Like when I was in high school, maybe. And I remember that being really good. It's like uh, more suspenseful than the movie, and Is less it? like I don't know. It's definitely freaky. So it's definitely horror suspense i don't know it was good i don't really remember it particularly but i did watch remember when they used to make all those stephen king made for tv movies oh yeah so i like love those yeah cujo and um what was the other one so one of my favorites was the stand the stand yeah um i need to read that, that. was like a mini series right yeah. is that a horror yeah show? kind of i don't know I don't remember it particularly, but I remember their old ladies like God, and she's sitting on a porch, and then the hmm. crow is the devil or something. It's very convoluted. Crazy. But, uh, it was interesting. There was one called uh, The Langoliers. Remember that? No, I do not. I think that's the one where they're on an airplane, and there's these little like interdimensional creatures that are eating existence. That are right behind the airplane. Oh, really? Erasing all of existence. But these people are just outpacing them in the airplane. And they know Holy what's going crap. on. Something along those lines. I can't remember. I could totally be wrong. This is I'm remembering that from like my nine year old brain. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, this dude like I, I didn't get into Stephen King, obviously, when I was younger because I kinda shied away from reading anything at all because I did not like it. And every one of his books looked like an encyclopedia to me. Like it was just giant. And I was like, well, I'll never touch that. Not particularly that long, though. I'll never touch that. They were all really big. Much bigger than Hatchet. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that was a children's book, so (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I didn't want anything to do with it. I never really got into reading until much later on in life. Like until I was married, basically. Um, But now I I just so appreciate what he's done. Like he's done... He's put out so many freaking it's books. Incredible. It's unbelievable. He's also got... He probably doesn't even remember all the books he's written. Well, because he was high on cocaine for three quarters <laughs> of them. Yeah. And he talks about that openly about how... Uh, what was it? Uh, what's the what's the one girl that... Um, she's like at prom. Oh, Christine. She's so, uh, no. soaked in blood. Carrie. Carrie. So with Carrie... He told a story how he was, like, so messed up on cocaine, he wrote the entire book in one shot. Like, just kept writing and writing and writing, wrote the whole thing. Finally passed out, 
and uh, when he woke up, all of it he threw all of it in the garbage because he wrote it all on a typewriter. Threw all of it out in the garbage. He had like a terrible bloody nose and had to clean that up. And then his wife came over, pulled it out of the garbage, garbage, and started reading it. She's like, "You have to get this published." And he's like, "It's terrible." He's like, "I don't know how this will ever go anywhere." And it's one of the biggest books that he ever wrote. You know. Wow. And it's just crazy because he's got little stories like that. But what you guys need to read if you are into writing at all, even if you aren't into writing and you get a little bit of a biography of uh, Stephen Stephen King, but it's called uh, On Writing. It's called Stephen King On Writing. And it's a short book, but it literally talks about his writing process. And it really, I don't know, I just, I got into reading books about how to write, basically. There's another one called Bird by Bird. Uh, that's not by Stephen King, but that's a good book about writing it's as by well. By a bird? It's about it's by a woman. And she you find out why it's called Bird by Bird because that's like her writing process. Uh but she explains it. You'll you gotta read it. Um I'm not gonna spoil it. <laughs> You're not gonna spoil bird by bird for No. Me. But I'll get to it. If you someday. are interested in like the writing process of these people, which we got pretty heavy in with Jason Inman last episode about like a writing process on comic books. Uh, it's an incredible book because you figure out like he literally tells you how he writes, but recreating that is the real problem. You know, like nobody can recreate how Stephen King writes. And actually I just found out another fun fact about him today is that he wrote a book in like with a pen name. So nobody knew who he was and all the reviews that came out. There was like three reviews that came out by like the, head review people of uh um uh New York Times and when they were like reviewing this book that came out they said this is what a Stephen King book should be if Stephen King could write <laughs> and that was like the top review critics and, are such idiots yeah, he and the story was that he kept that little snippet of a review in his office like <laughs> like they said Stephen King can't write but apparently I can <laughs> it's pretty neat and know. his son can write too. Oh yeah, Joe Hill. He's uh got a show coming out. Oh, on one of his books that he's been working on, uh, Nosferatu. Oh yeah, Nos. It's like N O S four R two, but isn't that a vampire? Nosferatu. I thought it was another name for the devil or something. Is it? It's the devil or the vampire. I couldn't remember which. Same thing. Yeah, something like that. But that's it's a book of his. He also has a book called Heart Shaped Box. And a book called Fireman. I read the book called Fireman. That was like a 780-page book, but it's a really good book, too. I bought that. So <laughs> it's weird that I have all these stories about these people. But when Joe Hill wrote that book, I was in Portland, and I went to that bookstore that you have been to, too. What's oh, that uh, bookstore called? Powell's. Powell's Bookstore. Giant. It takes up like two square blocks, right? Yeah. Or a whole block. Well, I don't know about that, but it's big. It's like a it's a giant store. Well, it's like his, take two Barnes and Nobles and slap them together. Well, more yeah, than more that, because it's two it's, stories. Yeah, just huge. But I found his, I saw his book there, and it really caught my attention. Um, the one that's called Fireman. So I bought it, and when I was purchasing it, he's like, "This was on a Friday. It was my last day in Portland. I was leaving later that day on a flight home, and the guy that was checking my or." checking me out i that sounds weird he wasn't checking me out he like, was how you doing yeah he's like hey you like firemen 
I can be your fireman. I mean, you were in Portland. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be your fire daddy. And pull my hose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy who was, just, I don't know how to checking me out. He's anyway. He's like, he's like, oh, you guys, you gonna be in town tomorrow? I said, no, nah, I'm leaving on a flight today. Yeah, this is really going down. He's like, Hill. oh, that's too bad. He said, because uh, Joe Hill's going to be here signing these books tomorrow. Oh, man. I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah, he's going to be here tomorrow at 11. I said, well, my flight leaves today at 2, so that sucks. <laughs> but it is a good book. Yeah. It's huge, but it's good. That's the biggest book I've ever read, 780 pages. Nosferatu is a vampire. I thought so. It's kind of like Dracula. Right. It's like the original vampire, right? Count Orlock. I don't know. Hmm. In any yeah. case. Back to the news. <laughs> Back to the news. <laughs> uh, so that was all about Mark Bernardin winning a Writers Guild Award. Yeah, for Good Castle for Rock. I'm sure we'll hear about it. Which guys... is a show about Stephen King. That's exactly. how we got there, guys. Full circle. We all got there together. You know who else who won like best screenplay? Best original screenplay at the Writers Guild Awards? Bo Burnham. Like the comedian? Yes. For? Eighth grade. Dumb. I don't know what that is. Apparently, it's a movie he wrote. Huh. Apparently, it's very, very good. And he won. He didn't think he was going to. And I saw a video of his. I was on Reddit earlier. Who would have thought? And he was up for this award, obviously. But I think the show itself and he did not believe he would ever win this. Because he was sitting at a table, like, shoved in the back alley of this place, like, out in the parking lot. And when they called his name, it took him forever to walk up and accept his award. But he gets up there, and he's like, I literally prepared nothing because I never thought I'd win this at all. He's like, but thanks, guys. Love you. Like, (laughs) he had no idea what to say. And, yeah, I guess it was really good. But it's crazy to me to think that Bo Bo Burnham started by – videotaping himself in high school playing the piano and telling jokes right and now and he said he did say in his speech real quick that his mom is the one who filled out the paperwork to get him in the writers guild because she told him that uh you know at some point maybe this could get you a job or maybe this could get you know support you some way if you're associated with it he thought it was ridiculous because he didn't even know what the Writers Guild was and he didn't think him as a comedian would need to be involved with that. And he's like, thanks, Mom, for filling out that paperwork. And then he said, oh, and my dad's here too. You didn't do anything for me. <laughs> as a joke, which was funny. But, yeah, I thought it was weird. Like some guy that just decided, like we decided basically to do a podcast and write a comic book, he decided to videotape himself playing the piano and telling jokes. There you go. And now he's gonna make all the monies the rest is history yeah i don't know how you feel about these award shows because i feel like eh, they're stupid a lot of the movies that get nominated and win i'm just like nah they weren't they're not good a lot of them most of them aren't i don't and i'm not like hating on it too much because a lot of them i do like yeah i i do usually like the like the best picture winner of the year some of them i don't know but i I would say i just got thinking about this the other day because um one of our friends was asking us if we had seen La La Land. Yeah. yeah. I like that movie. I thought it was terrible. How? It's just you, boring. And I not... love 
musicals. I do and too. Dancing. First of all, I don't know about dancing. I do, but I like musicals. And um, I thought it was a good story, and I like how at the end it's of like it, nothing happens in that movie, and then it just like fizzles. I don't know. I don't agree. I well, think there. I don't is, think it was the best movie of the I, year. I think there's a lot more to it I than think what whatever, you're seeing. Whatever the one that they introduced first should have won. <laughs> you don't even know what it was. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when they screwed up? No. They they announced the wrong movie. Don't, you don't remember? Was that, that the same? That was that year. Oh, I didn't remember that. They announced the wrong that. movie, and then it was like a huge embarrassment. Yeah, wasn't that like who was that? Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Dick Tracy himself. Yeah, it was. That's Looking real movie. old. That is a movie, man. That's a movie that I love. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time. I'm but... not going to run down that rabbit hole because I could talk about that forever. Because Al Pacino's freaking amazing in it. So was Madonna. So was Warren Beatty. But that's one of my favorite movies ever as a kid. That's all we're going to talk about for now. All right. More news. That's fine. Big. Today is a big day. We're recording this on February 19th. Okay. You know whose birthday it is according to the, the lunar history calendar? of comic books? Uh, Jack Kirby's. Nope. Steve Ditko's. No, not Stanley's. writers. Not writers. It's a character. A character's uh-huh. birthday. Yep. I don't know. Bruce Wayne. Oh. Bruce Wayne's birthday today. How, okay. Happy birthday, Batman. Hey, you're probably like 98 years old. Yeah, I'm positive he's got to be that old. Like super old. Some like 1930s, right? Something like that. But according to canon, he was born February 19th. Okay. I don't know what year, though. Keeping on the Batman trend, because I'm obsessed with Batman and everything that happens, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are teaming up one last time, last time they'll ever do it, with uh, a show or a book. It's called Batman, The Last Night on Earth. Nice. Uh, K-N-I-G-H-T. Awesome. Night. Uh, last Night on Earth. It's just going to be a three-book miniseries. Um, comes out in May, and they released the cover art for it today. It, they didn't really say what it's going to be about 100%, but the cover for the first book it's super simple it's literally just like batman that's black he's like black all black what's it called again uh it is batman the last night on earth okay but uh the cover art is pretty cool and he's carrying what looks like a lantern kind of in his hand but it's actually the joker's severed head holy in a basket uh, and you could see his hair and just his smile. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's cool. Pretty cool. It's very simple, but definitely gets the point across. That looks awesome. So three book miniseries coming out in May. I think it'll I be am, like a post apocalyptic thing. I don't know. Looks like it. I have no idea. I I love post apocalyptic things. There, it's inside of the Black Label run of Batman. Well, so in the, this teaser, he's sitting with a backpack and a bow and arrow. Wow, in that. I I look I didn't look into it because I don't like spoiling things for myself. I don't want to really dig into it any deeper because I'm positive they've probably given some reveals on what's happening in this book. But uh, when I get excited about something like that, I literally ignore it until it comes out. Right, and because uh, I want to be surprised, I want that like first look, that first impression of what the book is. I don't know. I enjoy it. There's some people that that don't ever do that. Like Nate, again, my buddy Nate. 
he'll if he finds out if he he's watched uh game of thrones right forever after he watches an episode he'll get on reddit and like dive into theories and spoilers and all sorts of things and he finds out exactly what's going to happen like the rest of the season and that's he's totally fine, fine with, with it. it it doesn't bother me either gosh i don't want to do that i want the surprise isn't that what a show is supposed to be or yeah. a book or like you're taking what is meant of the book away from you it doesn't bother me you're crazy anyway but yeah, last run for Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. But I'm excited about it. Probably not, but last one forever, Chris. So are they done? They're still they're writing they're doing Batman and Laps, right? Uh um, isn't that Snyder and Capullo? No. Okay. Capullo's not doing that. They are doing Capullo. A, they're doing a detective like the uh detective, detective comics. Comics, yeah. They're doing that right now. Hmm. Um, but this is supposedly the last one they're gonna team up on. It, do you remember, like, I had heard a story that they really didn't like each other or didn't, like, really get along. There, yeah, I heard something like that, too. I can't remember the details of it, but... I think they, they do pretty well in public. Yeah. They don't act like they don't like each other. No. And they certainly have pumped out some good content. Yeah, for sure. But then again, it's not like they got to sit across from each other either. Right. Like, I could hate your guts and you could still draw a comic for me. Well, I can't, but... Well, no, but if I hated your guts <laughs> and you were an artist... Right. That could happen. Did you have any news? I got a couple still, things that I just still going to be me. Kevin Smith is auctioning off his jerseys. He's um, getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a sad day. After dropping the weight, I have a closet full of jerseys that don't fit anymore. He says sweaters because hockey sweaters. Okay. So they're going to be auctioned off for the Wayne Foundation. Oh, yeah. Which is his big charity. He's big with the Wayne Foundation. Which is like a sex trafficking thing, right? Yeah, it's the save sex. There was some more Bill Maher news. There was? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. More Bill Maher. Just what I wanted. Um, Well, he's been obviously getting a lot of slack, or flack, I should say. And um, he said, in no way it was an attack on Stan Lee. And he said, I took the occasion of his death to express my dismay at people who think comic books are literature and superhero movies are great cinema and who in general are stuck in an everlasting childhood, he said. And then he said, bragging about, oops, bragging that you're all about the Marvel Universe is like boasting that your mother still pins your mittens to your sleeve. You can if you want like the exact same things you liked when you were 10. But if you do, you need to grow up. Then he summarized saying, I'm not glad Stanley is dead. I'm sad you're alive. Wow. He is. What a, a terrible human being. He is an awful person. Like, that's that's unbelievable to me. I mean, How, obviously, it, he was be, making a joke. He's a comedian. Right. So, but. That's not funny, though. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. Well, I don't understand my why delivery he probably is <laughs> yeah. what he intends it to be. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on Bill Maher. I, we put out a lot we of clips have. on there. He just is awful, and I don't understand. I, I again, just don't I'm, understand. I can't get can't into the whole ta- tangent again about how it's not literature. It's it. It's just just like your opinion, man. Right? You mean just your opinion? <laughs> All right, you got more. More Batman. All so, right. So uh, there is another book coming out by DC and it's called deceased 
Okay. And it's literally like DC capitalized ceased. East. Ceased. Yeah. DC East. Um, and Batman's literally going to fight a zombie outbreak. Okay. Sounded pretty... I'm not a huge zombie guy. No. I watched The Walking Dead. I've never read a comic. Did you read the Marvel zombies like um, Mm -mm. run that was for a long time? Nope. It just doesn't catch my attention. I really, really enjoy The Walking Dead. I think it's a great show. But it's just not a book I would read. It doesn't... um, I literally just said this to Erica the other day, um, our, like, number one fan. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever send her stickers? I haven't yet. I'm going to. That the whole reason is because I need to buy envelopes. I ran out of envelopes. Uh, <laughs> this is such a rinky dink operation here, folks. Yeah, we it's got not no, a big deal. We got no money people. for envelopes. No, we got money for it. I just need to stop and actually remember to get them. Um, but I just I've never been a big uh, envelope guy, envelope guy, or zombie guy. But now that Batman's involved with zombies, I think I'm going to be a zombie guy. But it's uh, I'm going to read like the a little synopsis for it, but it says deceased kicks off when, uh, thanks to dark side, a techno organic virus infects the world's networks and spreads to some 600 million people through anything with a screen. Those affected try to remove the virus from their minds by scratching and ripping at their own flesh. But once the virus takes hold, they essentially become a rage zombie. Of course, we know that Batman has a plan in place for virtually every disaster you can imagine, but this pandem- pandemic might be more than even the Dark Knight could have ever prepared for. I bet not. Bet you not. But the cover that I saw looks like Batman's a zombie. Well. So, yeah. you don't know. Maybe he does get turned into a zombie and somebody comes save him and gives him like a, the antivirus that he probably created before he became a zombie. Yeah. You know? You ever thought of that? I mean, you should write it. Well, this is my next news article. I wrote DC's. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're just shitting on it in front of me. Oh, do I get credit as your writing partner? No. Not not after you said things like that (laughs) to me. Oh, maybe you should write it. I did in my head just now. There's uh, one little thing that I got left. They're making a... Jimmy Olsen series and a Lois Lane series. I don't need them. But one of them's written by Matt Fraction and the Ooh. other one's written by Are, Greg. Is it comics or TV? Comics. Okay. One Matt Fraction's writing the Jimmy Olsen and Greg Rucka's writing the Lois Lane. Oh, wow. That's incredible. There yeah. have been other there, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane runs before in the past. I didn't think they had like... Uh, Standalone, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Standalone series? I think so, yeah. Lois Lane they have, but I don't think they did Jimmy Olsen. Uh, I think I've seen them before. Uh, you sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure at all. Oh. Um, isn't... Uh, I haven't watched too much Supergirl, but Jimmy Olsen's a character in it, right? Yes, and He's absolutely. like a handsome... Dude, he's oh, like her yeah. love interest. Yeah, buddy. Okay, I, I need to. I need to catch up on that show. He'd be mine too. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Him and the, the checkout guy. Yeah, Powell's. Yeah. The guy in Portland's gonna have to fight Jimmy Olsen for me. There you go. So, what do we get to talk about? That was just some news. I feel like we're ill prepared for this show. 
Do you I have wouldn't any, call it uh, in, ill prepared, but do you have any? Uh, what have you been watching? I got some of those things. Okay. Do you do you want to start or do you sure. want me to start? Um, I started watching The Punisher season. Oh, two. you did? I haven't. Yeah, I'm, yet. I'm only two episodes in, so I probably won't go too in depth into it. Um, but it's captured my attention. It's captured my intrigue. Okay. Um, even more so, I think, than the first season, which I enjoyed. Um, it's not, again, we've talked about this in the past, but it's not very comic booky. the Punisher TV show. No, not in the it's slightest. It's more military. Well, not even, I'm going to say military. It's more like a Taken or like a revenge thriller, right? Like yes. on par with like a Taken or something like that. Um, ultra hyper violent to the point where I don't think I've ever seen anything as violent in my life. It's incredibly violent to where it, it was like the first season to me was so brutal. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it was hard to watch. Some it of kind it. of, it was for a little bit. I was like, how are they doing this on TV? You know, like, or how are people going to take this? Cause at first I well, thought Netflix first off. Well, right. It is Netflix, but there are so many people that have Netflix. Now you basically got to call it regular TV. And they to a point, right? And I—that's how I was just thinking. Like, how is how are people going to perceive this amount of violence? And is it will it last? Like, will they be able to make a, a second season because of that? Boy, have Turn, they! Turns out they have. I think they cranked up the notch a little more on the violence. Really? <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, there I, there were several moments just in the first two episodes where I cringed. I'm just like, oh my god, it's wow. crazy. So I'm really really looking forward to this season. I like that it's a different story and it's not necessarily uh, centric centered around his past. And it's kind of a it's a fresh story. So the origin part's done, and we're in new territory Good. here. That's I don't like carryover with yeah. origin because I almost feel like they did his origin almost a little bit in Daredevil, and then they like did it they, again in the Punisher. And yeah, I would his agree. origin's been done so many times. I just There's didn't want to so see Punisher movies. Is there like a crap load of flashbacks again of I of his wife dying? Haven't seen. There's a couple, but spoilers. Sorry, yeah. If you haven't, there's uh, a couple, but they're not integral to the story. It's not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't happen constantly. There's like definitely the, there's definitely flashbacks, but they're just flashbacks quickly to the first season. Okay, that's. I just meant like you know the same flashback he was having in the first season of waking up and. Yes, they do that a couple times, but not not as a, much. not that much because that got that would get annoying. So in any case, it, it's very interesting what they're doing. I like it so far. They um, I, we talked about this before because we didn't. We weren't familiar with the villain they have. Yeah. Who it's is a it? John Pilgrim, and he's kind of like a, not a priest, but like a religious dude. Extremist? I don't really, no, not an extremist. He's like an assassin, but he's like, almost like, I don't I, I don't want to say preacher, but, um, yeah. and anyway, it, the reason we hadn't heard of that character is because it's a brand new character, just made for the TV show. Oh, really? Apparently. But isn't there another guy involved with it that has been in a comic book before? Yes, I believe. And it, we're not I'm not quite there yet, but the gate the main guy from season 1 that he kills at the end or defeats yeah. at the end is involved in season 2. Okay. Who is um, that? Jigsaw? Well, I mean, yes. I, I I think that's who that is. Okay. 
but it's I'm not that far into the show yet. Anyway, this main villain, this John Pilgrim, um, the little bit I've seen him up to this point, I think we might have a a, a very interesting villain on par with, you know, a um, Purple Man or really because um, the Purple Man I liked that character a lot probably because david Tennant plays him maybe that's why i like him the best or a lot i should say i won't but, say maybe i'm part with that because you're right that's probably one of the best comic book villains ever portrayed on television yeah um but anyway well, it, i'm very very much looking forward to it. it looks good um it's just two episodes in but i i think it's definitely worth checking out so cool i'll have more on that as i finish it marley's really loves the punisher so she was upset we were recording tonight because she wanted to watch The Punisher. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm kind of in the bag for watching another TV show, but I will save that because um, we have the same one, I think. Okay. Well, you got one or I got more? No, I only have the one okay. that I think we've well, we're both um, watching. So we'll do it. Go ahead. Um, I've been watching Umbrella Academy and... I wasn't familiar with what this was at first, but then once I saw who wrote it, which is weird because we were talking about this guy. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Yeah, Gerard Way. He is a comic book writer and lead singer of... My Chemical Romance. Yes, that's the band. And he's now writing Doom Patrol. And he's now writing Doom Patrol, yes. Uh, He wrote this comic book, which now has turned into a TV show on Netflix. Um, I wasn't the first like two or three episodes are hard to follow. Yeah. So I, I started watching this as well. I'm about one episode in. I'm very interested in what's going to be going on. And And it, it builds on itself. I feel like it's a slow build, but there is a lot to unpack here. There is a lot of story to unpack because of these. The whole premise of it, Umbrella Academy, there was on one specific day in a, a certain the year. 80s, I, I think. Yeah, uh, like 43 or 47, 46, something like that. 46 kids were all born at the exact same time without having having being fathered, and the mother wasn't pregnant before the baby was born. Right. It's hard to explain. Like the first, the opening scene, this girl jumps in a pool and she comes out of the pool pregnant and, ha- and literally bears a child. Yeah. Um, it's really strange. So there was this one professor guy uh, or scientist. Eccentric uh, billionaire. Yeah. Weird scientist, eccentric billionaire, whatever you want to call him, that went around and tried to, to collect all of these children. And he ended up getting seven. To buy them. Yeah, he literally bought them because all of these women, you know, a lot of them, well, seven of them didn't want to keep keep them. They didn't know where they came from. They just, whatever, got rid of them. So he raised these seven children, and they did have names, but he normally called them by their number. So there was number one, number two, number three, all the way up to seven. And each one you start to learn about in the show and what they can do, what their powers are, but when they were children, they were these, this superhero team called the umbrella Academy. They went to school and lived inside of this Academy and, uh, basically learned how to use their powers and learned how to be the superhero. But then, uh, they started to kind of disband as they got older and got into like their teenage years. 
they started disbanding and leaving and you know they all kind of left went their own way um and that's kind of where the story picks up at the beginning of this show is how they've disbanded but now need to come back together and it's it's wild there's some wild things that go on there's a lot of time travel involved um that you'll find out about uh which can be strange. Like you can't just pick this show up in the middle no. of an episode, even and start watching. Even in the like, even I mean, if they have a butler seen... monkey. Yes, Pogo. Um, it's a, it's an odd show. I, it's weird when you said that because I didn't have any memory of this, and then once I saw, first of all, I saw Umbrella Academy, and I looked at it. I brought it up in one of our episodes. In one of our episodes, I saw, did you see the trailer for Umbrella Academy? I don't remember that. But and, I, I and looked you at said, it. I don't even know what that is. I looked at it in Netflix and thought, is that a Resident Evil thing? I thought it was a Resident Evil thing. Really? Yeah, because remember the corporation in Resident Evil was the Umbrella Corporation? Umbrella, Umbrella Corp, yeah. So anyway, I, and then I looked at it real quick and I saw Gerard Way and I go, oh yeah, I remember that Wait, no, from several years ago. Umbrella Corp part of... Daredevil? Uh, I don't know. And like the the hand was part of the Umbrella Corps or something? Corpse? I don't know. You, you got me on that one. But in any case, I saw that it was Jared Way. And then I remembered from interviews with him, him talking about that. I never read it. I don't know how old that book is. It must be a little... Must have had a pretty long run. There, there's nothing better than just randomly not knowing about a yes. comic book related movie or property, and then one day it pops up on Netflix, and you're like, "I didn't even know about this," and it's here. It, that shows you the depth of the comic book world. Yeah, so there, I'm, I'm it, super excited to watch that show. Oh, I'm I'm in it. I mean, like I said, it's taken me a little bit, and don't get me wrong, there are some plot holes that are. There are some very obvious issues with some of this story and some of what they've done with it. Um, I think you'll spot it pretty big time right right off the bat. The third episode, I can tell you right now. Third episode, there's a, a thing that happens that you're going to be like, wait a minute. why? How does any of that occur Whatever. We'll talk more about it when you come to that because I want to talk about it Okay, uh, with you because it's very obvious. But either way, I'm still in the bag for this because the more I watched it, the more I got invested in these characters because I needed to know what's going to happen with these people. There's so much story there. It's, it's unreal. There's no way that they're going to be able to complete even a quarter of the story in this first season. I just don't see how well, it could happen. They don't need to. I mean, they don't make need more to. Of them. Um, so it doesn't bother you this, uh, it doesn't bother you that Ellen page is super annoying. Uh, no, you heard the whole controversy with her lately. No, I haven't. Oh, she's like a hardcore activist, I guess. I knew that she was, she was on like Colbert or something, made this impassioned speech, whatever. It was fine about whatever the thing was. Um, and then the guest after that was Chris Pratt. Oh, really? And (laughs) Not he didn't do anything. I don't really think he did anything, but he might have mentioned something. I don't. I don't really remember what happened. But then she posted this big thing on Twitter about how awful he is because he's involved with this church that apparently is like hardcore against 
um, gay people. Oh, really? Oh, and, yeah, because she's a lesbian, isn't she? I don't think so. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure she is. Well, whatever. Anyway, and he posted back. He's like, I mean, I, I'm not against gay people, so yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Basically, and it was just whole con- stupid controversy. So, like, a bunch I, of people. I didn't know that at all. Because, like, uh, Chris Pratt's very religious. Like yeah, he's, he's, o- he's, like, very leader. openly Christian and... Um, Apparently that And I think, her. like, somewhat right-wing. Yeah, I think so. You know, which is obviously against basically all of Hollywood. Right, right. It doesn't matter what part... It doesn't matter what you are, but all of Hollywood is is very democratic. Yeah. It's proven. Um, So I could see where that would be. Like, just rub you the wrong way if you It doesn't bother me. I just... I When I looked up that show, all I could see was people, like, boycotting it because of... Oh, her. that doesn't surprise me. But what I saw is that, so her character's name is Vanya. Yeah. Vanya. Um, there were people that were complaining about her char- just her character in the beginning being whiny and yeah. annoying. I mean, that's kind of her stick, isn't it? Shtick. Kind of. She's you'll see it. what she plays. Is well, yeah, of... but you'll see with the character why she's that way, though. Uh, it was like, yeah. You'll see. It's like beat into her for her whole life. Okay. Well, anyway, it's a very interesting show. I would watch it. Yeah. I'm only one episode in. Um, I have watched the movie, finally, uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I Apparently, I need to watch this. Boy, it's really good. Yeah? Yeah, it's really, really good. Does it kick you right in the feels? I mean, yes. Yes and no. I mean, not, not really. Um, it's not like I wouldn't say it's super emotional, okay. but it really does make you think, first of all, it kind of makes you realize like how amazing of a person, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it makes you realize how like amazing of a person Mr. Rogers or Fred Rogers was yeah. and like how incredible, like a lot of what he did was like. With basically no budget, he was like writing, composing, um, and I starring o- in that show, like doing everything. And like you don't really think about the little things, like the music, but like he yeah. wrote all of that and performed all of it. Holy crap! You know, and it's a lot of work. Wrote all the scripts, and there was like seventeen hundred episodes. He wrote all of those. Everything. I didn't know that. And then, I mean, I watched a lot of Mister Rogers as a kid, and. But, you know, I didn't really realize until I watched that back, like, the the topics that he was tackling on that show. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how heavy it was, man. He was talking about stuff that nobody was talking about. Right. I didn't really realize a lot of it. I wouldn't have realized any of it because of how young I was. Right. And it, you know, it didn't resonate with me now. But there were I a could couple- see looking back. You, what did that to me, too, and part of it had Mr. Rogers in it was watching that documentary called the nineties or that show called the nineties on Netflix where I saw so many things that I remember happening and I knew happened, but I had no idea of like the cultural impact and like how big of a deal it was at the time. Right. Until I've watched it back now as an adult. Right. And I feel like that's the exact same situation here with what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, there's several things that struck me, um, not only that, like the, the work, but, you know, it's funny. They they kind of say in there, like for somebody that spent their whole life in TV, there's nobody that hated television more than him because he like hated the programming that was being 
put out to kids. Yeah. You know, he hated the cartoons and anything with violence. And he was just like, obviously very into his thing, which was like kindness and um, loving your neighbor. Yeah. He was a pastor. I don't know if you know that. I he was an ordained pastor. Did not know that. So he, he wasn't outwardly religious in the show, but a lot of it had that kind of yeah, mentality to it. And what was really interesting, and first, first of all, on that whole subject, it's just like, it's pretty amazing that that was able to go so long, but also that it was really just a show. I mean, it's a show about just like being kind mm-hmm. and being nice and how important that is and like telling children at their own level like speaking to them intelligently yeah that like yeah, they're not important talking down to them and they're loved and you know everybody is valued everybody is has value everybody has value but more importantly like everybody has the capability of being loved which I just thought was very, you know, interesting about him. But his backstory goes really interesting because, like, he was very troubled. And they kind of go to it in the in the documentary a little bit. But he was very troubled because, like, he clearly almost thought there was something wrong with him. Oh, really? Like, the way he acted and the way he cared about that message... It just was so odd to the outside world mm-hmm. that he, like, constantly throughout his life had doubts that, like, maybe there was something wrong with him or he wasn't normal or had, like, low self-esteem, you know, didn't think that he was capable of doing it, didn't think he was capable of, you know, changing or, or, or sending the message that he wanted to send. And, like, he was a very, very non-confrontational non-aggressive not masculine not at all what society wants men to be and so he thought there was something wrong with him and he constantly kind of went back to that throughout his life and it was just kind of sad and interesting in a way and and then it was you know obviously there was like a lot of people that because he wasn't classic man you know, there was lots of rumors. Was he gay? Was it this or that? And he wasn't, but, you know, there was there's that whole notion that kind of... He's just different than any other person. Right. But there's this also kind of that notion of, like, what is masculinity and mm-hmm. why does it have to be defined a certain way? And it kind of brings up a lot of those ideas in his work, but in a documentary. He's super interesting person and just how he lived his life and and the fact that that is really the person he was on that's the biggest thing how he was off screen and everybody said that and you know yeah that's the biggest thing that you don't that people never assume is that the guy you saw on screen is the same guy off screen you always assume that he's different that he's not that nice that he's not that genuine of a person but yet he like broke the mold on that. He was absolutely that person and most really didn't know about what he was doing behind the scenes, especially like, like you said, writing all the stuff, performing all the stuff. I had no idea about that. The biggest thing I knew that he did was about like going in front of Congress and saying why 
PBS needed to be funded and why, because they were going to cut all funding to PBS altogether, like all federal funding. And, um, I know he helped change that. Um, so that's, that's one of the biggest things that I knew he did, but I didn't realize, I didn't realize what he was doing on his own beyond that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, and again, I don't think many people did until recently, really. I mean, with that, maybe our very, parents, but it was very, um, he was very troubled by a lot of those things. And then it's also pretty sad that like towards the end of his run, like in the early two thousands, I think. So he, he quit in like 2000 and he died in 2003 of cancer. Oh, wow. I guess um, I didn't realize he that. came back after nine 11 and did a thing at, in 2001 and you know because that's what he did i mean yeah. he went yeah he fixed problems tackled those and spoke to the children yeah and about their feelings and how it's okay to be scared and yep. blah blah blah. so he did that he had a lot of um apprehension about that mm-hmm. he was very um jaded by the world and the direction that society was going yeah or that he'd seen it going throughout his life he'd be very jaded now um oh i couldn't imagine um and then it's it's really funny because you know like he felt so uncertain because of societal pressures when at the same time like he was i mean i'm not trying to get religious but he was living very much you know in the you know trying to be Living a very Christ-like life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's not like, you know, it, it was just very, very interesting. You know, it's, there's not enough, there isn't really, is anything like that anymore. And it's sad. No, there's really you know, nothing. I, I was after that movie, I'm like, I wonder how I can get my kids to watch like those old episodes. Because think think really about how jaded and how negative and... Everybody is now. Yeah, everybody is. I think the only thing that really is out there similar to this is still Sesame Street. I mean, well, there's a he's got that one. I mean, there's a Daniel Daniel Tiger. Tiger yeah. I don't really watch that. Song. No, neither have I. Um, it's funny that we say we don't watch these things, right? Because <laughs> the once, parents end up watching more. Yeah, than that's the what I was just watch. gonna say. Listen, folks, if you don't have kids, you end up watching the exact same shows. Like I was. Have you ever watched Team Umizoomi? No. Oh my god! Don't ever watch it. But I, <laughs> Graham is obsessed with the show, and I end up watching more of the episodes than he does. He does. It's so freaking annoying. It uh, is just interesting, and I, I think that it's sad that you know there isn't a lot. I mean, when you really look around to all the people, and I don't know if it's social media or what, it's it just really like nobody seems to be happy. Right. You know what I mean? Like everybody seems to be miserable or complaining and bitching about something and at all times too. It's not just like occasionally. And I feel like they're, they're doing that and seeking like a, um, a group of people to be miserable with. Well that, and they're seeking like a diagnosis almost like I want to be diagnosed as having an issue or some sort of, or sort of problem when really we don't, you know, you can be sad one day, yeah. you know what I mean? And not have depression or right. you can be angry and not be like against all of the societal norms. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. I think there's a lot of, you know, what he, he was trying to do to children, a speak their level, but 
also kind of teach them about their emotional well-being. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that that just people don't have any reference point to now. Yep. And, you know, it was it's pretty, he's a pretty amazing dude, and it was a really amazing documentary. I think everybody should watch it. I was thinking after the fact, um, I go, I just, there's certain things that I just think should be, everybody just needs to watch, like, see certain things. Right. That would be one. Like, every American needs to watch that movie. Okay. You know, because it can teach us something. Is it on anything? or is, do It's you on just HBO have to, right now. It is on HBO. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know where else, probably for purchase or rent. You can probably rent it on Amazon. Probably. But, and, but I need to get HBO anyways. Because I, I have the HBO Go, HBO Go app. I just need to, like sign back into it and start paying for it again you need uh, hbo now hbo go is the one like if you have a cable subscription you can't just pay for it on hbo go hbo now you can oh they're two different apps okay well then i'll have to delete hbo go off my xbox yeah get hbo now or if you subscribe back in with hulu right you can get a or you can do it through amazon which is what i do but you probably don't use amazon Anyway, I've got Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can you can but subscribe that... to it through Amazon. Same price, doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's what I'll do then. Anyway, totally worth watching. I think it's, you know, it's something that everybody should watch. So, have you seen or heard anything about the Tom Hanks? I he- I've Mr. heard Rogers there's thing? a movie coming out. Yeah. Has it? There's no like trailer or anything out for it I don't yet. Think right? So, but I think it comes out this year. That's what I thought too. I'm wondering if it how that's going to be. I don't see Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, even after they get, they put out like first images of him dressed up and looking like him. I don't, I don't buy it. I, don't, I love Tom Hanks. I, listen, I don't know how don't you can make it. an interesting movie. I don't know what there is to dramatize. Yeah. I'm not and sure. And if they have to make up stuff to dramatize, I could see that being pretty upsetting to the family. So I don't really know how, what direction they're going. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, but unless I know, they're just doing the whole thing about the PBS funding, but that. I know that's a thing that people look at, yeah, but this the isn't thing I've ever seen. Really. This isn't uh, the main message of this guy's story. The big thing that put that um, the, the Tom Hanks movie in like the forefront of the news is because of like a crew member got killed on the set oh. making that movie because there's a big gunfight, a gun battle, and uh, <laughs> stop <laughs> your it. Face. No, there isn't, Chris. It's about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Your face was like, what? A gun battle? No, somebody fell off a ladder. Okay. Rest in peace. Um. Anyway, so that's definitely something everybody should watch. I think that should be like when you have to graduate high school, you have to watch that movie or something. Okay. Should be I like think you should required. take auto, be in agriculture, and watch the Mr. Rogers. I'm going to throw another one on my list of things that I think everybody should watch. Oh, okay. Um, and I haven't finished it, so I'm about halfway through it. There is a miniseries on Netflix called One Strange Rock. And it is kind of a science show mixed with a nature documentary. All about the Earth, I would yes, assume. Yes, and it's narrated by Will Smith. Sigourney Weaver. No. Oh. Will darn. Smith. All right. And it takes topics um, about the Earth and kind of looks at them through the perspective of Eight, I think eight or ten astronauts that oh, have really? spent collectively a thousand hours orbiting the Earth. Oh, this is new, isn't it? Because I it, literally it actually just... was a National Geographic show 
that must have been on the Nat Geo channel oh, year, a year ago or so, but now it's just released on the Netflix. Because I just watched the like Netflix trailer for this just the other night before I got back into Umbrella Academy. Well, it's really good. The first one is about... I've only watched four, I think. The first one was about air, so it was about our atmosphere and the ozone layer and how Earth got to be a place that could support life and the things that happen to develop the atmosphere in a way that, and then how um, that oxygen cycle goes. And right. the fact that sandstorms in Africa blow sand into South America, into the Amazon rainforest, yeah. that fertilizes the rainforest, which produces the oxygen, but only, this is interesting. This is wild. Produces only enough oxygen uh, to sustain that forest. So what happens is um, it creates so much um, rain, essentially, yeah. that it washes and erodes soil down through the Amazon River into the ocean, which feeds these little, um, I don't even remember what they're called now. The phytoplankton? No, they're called diatins, I think, Oh, which produce the majority of the oxygen in our atmosphere. It's crazy. It's, it's about these chain events of like this thing led to this that leads to this that leads to this and makes this perfect environment for That's this to happen. So, wild. so the second one is about I can't remember exact uh the second one's all about the sun, I think, and our distance from the sun and how, you know, if so it many was like one like tenth of a centimeter off it, it would it's be... more than that even. Okay, first of all, it goes into the whole depth of um how essentially you know how we're all stardust, right? You know that whole thing yeah so every element that makes us up and everything around us is was formed at the big bang right essentially and you know all these particles and things went out and they smashed together and they made planets and there was actually yeah. two planets in our orbit in the goldilocks zone they call it um what's it one, called the goldilocks zone? yeah it's two it's the perfect distance away from the sun okay for to support life. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. Not too hot, not too cold, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, but, I get it now. Um, so what happened is those two planets. There was Earth and another planet, and they collided, and that collision created the Moon. And the fact that no we, way, yeah, yes, and the fact that we have such a large Moon so close to the Earth creates very high tides. Here's my question. How can two planets collide? They were in and, intersecting orbits, but one of them still be round. They're both still round. Well, um, I mean, you're how talking is that possible? For millions and billions of years. So the gravity essentially okay makes it's it basically round. like squeezing it back into a ball. But that impact is what set the Earth off on to a twenty three degree axis, and being at that axis is what creates seasons. And right. the only reason why life forms on this planet or the amount of life on this planet is because we have such vast regions of the earth because of seasons, which are habitable. Instead, it would be a small area that would be habitable and the rest would be frozen. Yeah. But because we have that tilted axis, we have all that. And that's all directly because, and first of all, after that happened, the, the earth was spinning wildly out of control. And having such a big moon from that impact so close, 
it actually affected the tide so much that it slowed down the rotation of the earth. Holy smokes. Which, again, it's like all of these perfect storm things happen to be able to sustain life. So then the third one's all about the sun and the fact that if we didn't have this molten iron core rotating, creating an electromagnetic field, we would be instantly wiped out by the sun's radiation. So we have this bubble, this this protective force field around the earth that allows us to... It, it's it's pretty amazing. It's wild. And it, it goes into So all how many are, episodes are there? I think there's 10. There's 10. And it goes into different... Like Everyone's different. different. Like so the one time. I just watched, the fourth one was about... So it was about abiogenesis and basically how... Again, the perfect storm of things that have to happen to take inert minerals and that primordial soup and adding... Is Will Smith narrating this the whole time or is it like interviewing people? No, uh, both. Oh. He's narrating. There are people being interviewed, not by him. And then sometimes he's even on camera narrating. Oh, okay. He's, it's I, very good, though. He does a very good job. He doesn't do anything Will Smithy. Eh, I mean, he talks Will Smithy. He does? Yeah. Okay. He Dad, talks get, about West Philadelphia. Where he was born and raised? He does. <laughs> oh. So, and anyway, so they're they're talking about this, how you can take that perfect storm of ingredients and that right thing, add lightning, and yeah. they've done this in the lab that creates organic molecules. That in itself isn't life, but that's what leads to, it, it, it's right. very interesting. And it really makes you think because I think there's so many people that get it backwards. They're like, um, you know, it, they think that all these systems set up in place are what allowed life to happen here on earth and not in various other places. But it didn't really work like that. Like they're saying, Oh, well this had to happen and that and that and that and that and that series of events had to happen in oh, order for I life to form. Well it isn't really like that. It's like um it all kind of happened in it together. Like and it, you can't look at it backwards and say well, that led to that, led to that, led to that, led to that, led to that. And all those things are in perfect alignment to create life. It's like, no, life happened because all those things happened. You can't look at it the other way. Yeah, I got you. So it's interesting. But that's a good one. I think everybody should check that out. One Strange Rock. Because, first of all, visually, it's stunningly amazing. It has the most beautiful cinematography. does some crazy things, dude. Insane some of the things they've done. They had people... Well, like Planet Earth. Did you ever see Planet Earth? And I did, then... and it's amazing. And this is like a step above that. They had camera crews going in places in Earth where you can't even believe and then being there for like months, like in underwater caverns, in crystal caverns underwater, underground. Really? It's The cinematography alone is worth watching it. But... Wow. Like I said, it's like the best nature documentary be cool. mixed with the best science documentary. It's like take Cosmos and Planet Earth and smash them together, and it's that. And you got a show just without, um, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Couldn't think of his name. I don't know why. So, because our podcast is right next to his, and you search it on iTunes. Um, you got you got any more? I didn't know. I haven't watched anything. I've got one thing that I read uh, a couple weeks ago. I meant to talk about it. Um, it's very short, unless you got another show. I do have another okay, longer go, one. Go with the show. 
I went to see the Lego movie. The Lego, second one? The second Lego movie. Really? Yeah, we took the kids. I haven't this went weekend. to that yet. I to want see to. That. Amy wasn't on board with going. Yeah. I which is fine. I mean it's also something that I feel completely fine with watching at home. Yeah. It was really good. It was like, really good. First one good? So I was unsure Okay, first of all, it starts kinda slower and it's a little slow towards the middle. It really punches at the end though. Oh really? In fact, I remember thinking about halfway through, I'm like, ah, uh, this isn't anywhere as good as the first one. But Is there a lot of build-up to it, or is it just slow? Um, I don't know. I mean, for, it's very funny. They do a lot more of the adult inside jokes that are so good, you know? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really good Batman stuff. He's more in this one than the last ones. They do a lot of great um, Batman-related... Um, Easter eggs. I tell you what, I'm really impressed with Will Arnett's Batman. Uh, I'm telling you, if you like the Batman Lego Batman character, Will Arnett I, Batman character, oh, I love it. This is the this movie is even more. They they make fun of the fact that the there tropes. was a standalone Lego Batman movie. They make fun of everybody that's played Batman. They mention them by name. Really? <laughs> they mention Ben Affleck, George Clooney. Oh that's amazing. Like it's really, really, really funny. It's a really funny movie. Um, I don't know why I thought it was a little slow. I guess is, I, is it still it's still Chris Pratt, yeah, as like that one guy, right? Chris Pat Pratt as Emmett, and then one Emmett. of the other main characters is Chris Pratt as another character, which there's a reveal there. But he's basically like a, it's like Jurassic World Chris Pratt. Oh, okay, and, <laughs> that's funny. And he's got a ship full of raptors. That <laughs> nice. It's it's really funny. It's really good. But the uh, at the the end, it really punches up. The um, it hits you in the feels pretty good. Oh, really? And has a really really nice ending. And you know, I it almost had me tearing up. Wow! Very that... good ending. Um, great message. Really good movie. Okay. Uh, I I thought the first one was phenomenal. So I, I, can I say? definitively it's better than the first one no the first one was such a shock i put off watching uh the first one on purpose because i was like a lego movie like, oh no i thought it would be so dumb so stupid to i me. didn't want to see it and then I, I heard all these really good reviews and stuff and I, I remember the first time i watched it i still lived in in town mazan and i was on shift like some sort of swing shift but i was home during the day and i ended up like just renting it and turning it on the tv and I remember watching the whole thing, and I was like, "This is, this is really good. Like, this yeah. is a really good movie." But I thought watching Legos would be so stupid. You know, I didn't give it the time of day, even though I've watched how many animated shows. Well, I tell you what, a lot of the other Lego movies that you see, like not the feature films, but the ones that are on like Netflix, because there's right. like millions of Lego. Right, shows. there is a lot of. Them. A lot of them are not close to that type of. It's not quality. the same thing. Yeah. No, it's not. But, but they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're just not as good. And I think that's what I had a picture of in my head until what I actually did was I looked at like the cast list. I was like, huh, those people sound cool. And then I watched the trailer for it again, and I was like, okay, well, let's watch it. And I love it. They and actually, then Lego Batman I watched right away. Yeah. Um, they, they actually make a joke about uh, Marvel, how they can't get the rights to Marvel. 
to be in the Lego movies. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that because kind of they stuff. make all kinds of Lego movies and shows that are on Netflix that are Marvel. Like they have Lego Avengers and stuff like that on Netflix. Well, is that? But they're not in the Lego movie, so I don't know. But is it Marvel doing Lego? I don't think so. And having the rights to that, or is it? I don't know. That's a good question. But the other way around, I don't know. Um, this is not the same. I don't believe it's the same writers and directors as the first Lego movie, which was Lord Miller, right? Yes. Who just won a Golden Globe for something or for Spider Man? Into the Spider Verse, and uh, they'll they'll win an Oscar yeah. for well, that yeah, too. That's right. They were producers on that. I don't know if they wrote it, but anyway, um, no, it was really good. It's definitely worth seeing. Oh wait, no, this says, uh, yeah, no, I don't know who the director is. Uh, Mark Mike Mitchell writers Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Okay, so they did write it. You can tell it's the same same sense of humor, same everything as the first one. Definitely good. Hey, as far as kids' movies that are entertaining and fun to watch as an adult, this is way way high on the list. So cool, definitely worth checking checking out. I'm gonna have to watch it. I I did want to see it, but it hasn't been something that I was like really scrounging to go see. I don't know that you need to see it in theaters, right? But you can, and it would be. It fine does to. add to the definitely with that movie. It actually helps to be in theaters because visually, there's a lot going on. Oh, really? A lot yeah. of Legos go down. Well, I mean, like, there's little things they do, and they did in the first movie. Yeah. There's little, in the, in the Batman movie, there's little things they do that you maybe wouldn't notice unless you're at the movie theater because they're so, like, detailed. Yeah, yeah, They yeah, might yeah. make a little joke, like, all of a sudden, like, he's turning into something or they're constructing something and you just see something that's just a little inside Easter egg. There's so yep. many Easter eggs in these movies. It's that's crazy. what I love about it. And That's this one, they, the first they one. amped that up, that aspect of it. Okay. That humor and those Easter eggs for adults, they amped that up in the second one. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I'm so. definitely going to have to watch it. Um, Again, I don't have any, I don't have another I'm watching because literally all I was watching was Umbrella Academy and... I feel like I've been watching it. a lot. I I, uh, I haven't been sleeping I, at night. I just have been Yeah. Consuming. Well, since we last... um. Since we last convened, uh, yeah, all I watched was the Umbrella Academy because I was gone Saturday. Sunday was doing things. Just didn't watch much. Next week I will be gone. Yeah, you're gone maybe again. Maybe we, we could do. Maybe I could Skype you from Disney World. Wouldn't that be something? Have a Skype. That'd be funny. <laughs> I don't think you'd you'd be able to set the equipment up. Um, <laughs> no, most likely you're right. I wouldn't. No. Plus, I'll probably bring my laptop, so that won't work. But oh, darn it! Well, uh, I had a book, so I was reading a book a couple weeks ago, and it's a comic book, of course. And it just came out. I posted it actually on our page, on Snarf Comics page, um, and it's the very first. Well, it's a new run of Daredevil. Yeah. So the new Daredevil, it's called No Fear. K- this is is K- this a mini series or is this a no? I think it's just going to be a continuing run until it's Chips Chip Zadarsky okay. is writing it. He wrote uh, Transmetropolitan, I believe. No, isn't that it? No. What did he write then? Let me look it up. It's uh, a tra- big Transmetropolitan was. Um... It's a big book um, that he wrote. I didn't read it, but I know it's gotten phenomenal reviews. Um, 
Transmetropolitan was Warren Ellis. That's right. Um, what was the guy's name? Chip Zadarsky. Chip. Z-D-A-R. Um, well. Oh, Sex Criminals. I thought that was Matt Fraction. That is Matt Fraction. Well, then why is it? He's got it on here. Well, Matt. Yeah. No. Well, maybe. maybe no, um, Sex Criminals 3, Volume 3. Okay. They're, they're probably got new writers as that went on. So there you go. Oh, all right. Well, he's writing it anyways. And it's a lot of people have been waiting for it. Oh, he it. was it's the co creator with Matt Fraction of Sex Criminals. I didn't know that. There you go. He also wrote Howard the Duck. Yes. Um it's anyway, there's been a lot of talk about this book. So I was like, man, I really want to I want to read this. So the very first issue came out, um, and I read it and I'm very, very intrigued by this book. Cause you know, with Daredevil, there's always something big and terrible that happens to him. And, like, at the end of a, a run, something happens to him. Well, at the end of the most recent run, he got hit by a truck um, saving someone's life. Who was it? Uh, I don't remember who it was. But he got hit by a truck, and, like, basically everyone just thought he was dead. Well, he's obviously not dead, and he comes back to life. But he's got to, like relearn his body because he was so messed up and uh he just the the first book is really cool because it's like he didn't not necessarily didn't exist but he's like recreating himself and he's just like alone in a bar one night and this lady's talking to him and she has no idea that he's blind and it's just it's just fun but the first book looks really cool because he's coming out and kingpin is the mayor of of, okay. Yep. Uh, New York now, and he's basically because that was to, a big thing at the end of the last yeah run. He right? got elected, and uh, he's trying to like eradicate anybody that fights crime, basically. Okay. And he thinks Daredevil's gone, but obviously in the first book things start happening where uh, Kingpin's starting to realize that he's back because he's hearing like little whispers about this guy. But him coming back, Daredevil coming back is like he's not coming back to fight crime. He's coming back just to fight. Okay. Is the way he's like perceiving it now. Like he just missed being Daredevil so much. He didn't miss like fixing Hell's Kitchen. He missed the like brutality of it almost. And that's brought up in the first issue. This kind of how, reminiscent of uh, Born Again. Yeah, it is. It, he kind It's of, like a recall of that in a way. He kind of realizes that Matt Murdock isn't his identity. He's Daredevil, and what he is interested in is fighting. Yes, and this is is definitely portraying that, but it's... He talks to that... Uh, what's the father's name? Father... I can't remember. Something. But he talks to him again, and in one of his like confessions to him he says like you've got to remember that uh you're a person and not just this you know not just daredevil you're not uh the devil of hell's kitchen you're actually a person and not somebody that just goes around beating people up and hurting people you right. know but he just has this thing in him like he has to he has to do that you know and it's just following him in the first issue trying to regain his daredevilness but he's like he says in the book too that's I think is really cool. Um, he's not hiding. 
He's not hiding as Daredevil. He's purposely like running on top of buildings so that someone sees him. He's not even going out. He's not even going out to fight crime on purpose. He's literally just running across tops of buildings until he knows that somebody has seen him, and then he goes back home. <laughs> and he's doing it just to like send a message right. to the city again, saying like, "Hey, I'm still here, or yeah. I'm coming back." Do you ever wish with Daredevil? And I know they've done it. I'm not saying they haven't done it, but that they would to make him into a more uh, larger universe character like they have with Batman. I wish they I I wish they would. Yeah, I think he And needs they to have. Be- don't get me wrong, they have definitely done that in stories. He was on the Avengers. There was all kinds of things going on. But it doesn't on. stick. Was he it's on the not- West Coast Avengers for a while? I, I still know. even though he had a Netflix series, right? I still don't think he's as mainstream as the rest of them. Definitely at not. All. No. And well, I wish I mean, he, he's I wish more he mainstream was. than all the other Netflix shows. By by the way, um, Punisher and Jessica Jones have been sure. canceled. But so I, you know. I mean, obviously he doesn't have a big movie out, so he he's not as big as like Avengers is right now. He's not as right. big as anybody but he had a movie. Ben Affleck. Yes, he did. I, I don't, I don't remember that movie very much. I just. Do you think it works? I mean that they haven't done it. It can. So maybe that's why they haven't done it because. Okay, first of all, even Batman, like in Justice League, okay, yeah, yeah. Y- you almost don't buy it when you put him next to Superman and Wonder Woman and, yeah. and, and these characters. And a lot of the time in Justice League, even though I've, I know Justice League, you've seen the cartoons, yeah. you've read the comics of Justice League going back, and he's always been a cosmic crime fighter when he needs to be yep. successfully. But you never really buy it. Right. And I don't know that you'll ever really buy it with Daredevil either, but at least he's got some powers. That's the thing with Daredevil is that he is different than Batman because he does have powers. So he has that, uh, like, sonar sight, basically. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's basically his only power. But I would say he has some... Well, he's like the greatest martial artist in the... Yeah, he has like a little bit of superhuman ability in fighting. Definitely, for know. sure, and balance. and But, you know, I almost wish they would give him like a hint of a healing factor or something, you know, right. something to amp it up a little. I, I would say he An does. An adamantium only... skeleton? <laughs> yeah, something. I would say he still does, though, because some of the injuries that he recovers from, obviously it's... It's comic books, so that's why he can heal from it. But I would, I would put that in a category of like a superhuman healing ability. Although they put, they don't know, say it, but he does have that. Although they put Hawkeye and um, Black Widow in there, and you buy them as part of the Avengers, I think maybe you do. Why? Why is that? Why do you? Why do you buy Hawkeye as a as an Avenger, but not Daredevil? I would. I would so totally rather see Daredevil as an Avenger than Hawkeye. Oh, for sure. For you sure. know, Black Widow you kind of have to have because she has a little bit of a different role. It's because they did a better job of defining roles for all those people. Yeah. Um, and they've given them places. To, first of all, why haven't they made Black Widow as a whole series of movies? Because that could easily They could work. easily. Yeah, for um, sure. Because, first of all, you can go down the whole spy road. Right. Because that's where she all started. You but know, was... with Daredevil, I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I hope they'll do a movie. I really do. I do, too. they got to have the right person, though. I just don't know how they're going to tie it in. And I kind of just wish they'd step it up from the 
you know, the 12 block radius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much crime can happen in this like small little area? I mean, Hell's Kitchen. I mean, obviously, you got to figure it's Greater New York for most of the time. But what's Hell's Kitchen like? Four blocks or something? It's not much. Yeah, it really isn't much. But apparently, the I mean, the police don't do anything in that little four block area. I mean, they, it is. they put him in the cartoons with Spider Man, and he's like right along Spider Man. Yeah, he's swinging around on with his little. You know, grappling hook, the same as Spider-Man swinging around on webs, and you're just like, all right. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess he can do that now, too. But but really, I, I really like He am. differentiates from Batman, whereas Batman is a g- super genius and the world's greatest detective. I mean, they yeah. don't set Daredevil up like that. They, they don't. S- they set him up as a bruiser, a brawler, and you almost got to... You almost got to change the character a little bit, and I don't know how much... They would probably get a lot of static for doing that. But. They would get a ton of pushback for doing that because there is a quite a bit a big following of Daredevil for sure. Yeah. I'm just, can he exist in that Avengers? Can you plug him in now at this point? Maybe early on in those Avengers movies. No, I buy think. It. But you, now, can you put him in with Doctor Strange and Spider Man? And I think can he, he fit in there. I think he can. I think he can. I think with the new generation of Marvel, I. They can change it to any anything that they want it to be, and adding Daredevil I think can only help. Well, I tell you what, because you gotta get, they're gonna have new characters come in, obviously. Besides just Spider Man and Doctor Strange, and I would, Black Panther. I, I had assumed that he would have been a big one for the next. Um, but there isn't anything. There's um, nothing in the works. I know, and it, it that bothers me. And I really think if they were to do that, they should keep Charlie Cox. Yeah. I, just I don't see anybody, anybody else, else now. I don't point. see anybody else being Daredevil because Charlie Cox does a phenomenal job. Yeah. I just don't want it to be so much of him being hurt all the time. Yeah, and that's a lot of it. And that's a lot of that character. It is a lot of the character. That's the one thing I think they should change is that give him a little bit of a leg up. But it yeah. hasn't always been like that in the comics. No, that's what I mean. So you can go back and say... You know, just give him a little bit of a leg up on things to where he's not just literally destroyed all the time. Always struggling. Yeah. He can be... Always dark, always struggling. He can be on top for a little while, you know, (laughs) I I would say. (laughs) Give the guy a break, man. Exactly. Lighten up on him. He's already blind, you know, and his dad's dead. But then again, I think every comic book character has a dead family member that they're mourning forever they're always mourning so that's all that's all i've got um a big thing that we want from you guys is uh i want to know something that you guys want to hear about or want us to rate or want us to review something you want us to do a top 10 you want us to tell you know we could do like anything you'd be like who's your favorite robin we can go on a discussion on that who's your favorite batman What's your favorite comic book movie? What's your favorite this or that? Or just general movies? And we're not talking... Doesn't, this doesn't have to be a big in-depth thing. No, it can just be something little. Yeah, we're not super in-depth on all of this stuff. Uh, it would probably take some research on our part, but if you want that, we can do it. Yeah. So just let us know. Also, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say something else, and I just blanked. Well... Like we definitely need uh, feedback, and I would like to do our favorite movies list rundown, not comic book movies, not comic book movies, just oh, all I, time favorite movies. I could, I've got so many that you will 
never think of. Really? Oh, yeah. What do you Better think? just kind of off the wall. We got some time? Or where are we at? Uh, we got nine minutes. Okay. What do you think my favorite movie is? I'm not going to tell you. So what do you think? What do I, geez, I don't know. It's probably a kung fu movie, um, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, oh that I, I I hadn't thought about that, but oh. that would be really high on my list. Yeah, because you're big into martial arts stuff. Um, not so much. Yeah, I just really like those Japanese, like Hero, yeah, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, House of Flying Daggers. I know. So good. That's that's your jam. I want to do that list now. Like right now. Well, we can't. So <laughs> unless you could literally spout them off real fast. I can guess your favorite movie. Um, I don't know if I have it in my head at the moment as my as what my number one movie of all time is. I'd have to really think about this. It'd, I got gotta... I got two I can think of. Okay. The Green Mile. No, the Shawshank Redemption. No. No? No. Saving Private Ryan. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's up there. I would say. I don't think I don't think that one's my favorite either. It's gonna be. It's. <laughs> I can tell you right now. I'm pretty sure what I'm going to put as number one is not going to be one that has a very much emotion or heart or is something that would be on anyone else's list. Okay. Because there's some that have more of a like a as a childhood memory, you yeah. know what I mean? Like something that I just loved as a kid and I still love to this day that I would put up as number one. That is more campy. The ones that I'm thinking of right now. So, yeah. okay. We're, we're going to do that next episode guys. Yeah. Stay so tuned. Stick around for that. Um, again, like we always say, write us a review on iTunes, uh, rate us on iTunes check us out because like i said we're on stitcher now we're on itunes or uh, uh i heart no tune in radio yeah like us on facebook leave a review on facebook please and then subscribe leave us a review on itunes if you haven't already done this and tell your friends that's yeah. the biggest thing word of mouth spread this around yep um we're hoping to get some traction um going here so we've seen good growth but we'd like to kick it up a notch and let us know your ideas and we really want your feedback and let us know what you think of our new theme music. Yeah, new theme music coming your way. All so, right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. That's it. We'll see you. Bye.